0: Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying: "If you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole." I'm your host, Youngmi Mayer. Every week I have a guest on to tell a sad story, and then we laugh about it. Um, but this week, I guess, I don't know if they I mean, I ho- hopefully our guest has a sad story, but, you know, who doesn't? But I have the wonderful and amazing chair of Pride Marianas, which is an LGBTQIA plus advocacy group in the Marianas, living on Saipan which is in the Marianas, Roberto Santos. Ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> gayer, gayer. <laughs> gayer. We
0: need a ah. gayer. I'm just kidding. Um, wait, so I think you pronounce your name Santos.
1: Yeah, Santos. I it's feel, from yeah. Spanish. Um, yeah. the Chamorros say Santos Santos. <laughs> yeah, so Saipan in the Mariana Islands, I feel like pe- a lot of people in your so- circle only know about it through knowing you.
0: I don't know. I'm so sorry for the people of Saipan that that's if that's true, because they're probably like, why, why Why is she the one?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love hearing whenever you whenever it comes up in the podcast. I'm like, what is she going to say about Saipan? I want, I want to hear it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I want to do. I want to. Well, actually, I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to do a lot of like Saipan episodes, but then I feel kind of like, yes, I lived here for ten years of my childhood. But I sort of want somebody that's like, I don't know if this is, because I don't want to like invalidate anyone's experience of living here, but like somebody like you who is like ethnically Chamorro and your family's from here. And I feel like, I don't know, you know, like doing the work that you do, you know how it is when you talk about a certain aspect of your identity and when you hear other people talking about it, you sort of want, I don't want to feel like an appropriator do you know what i mean Mm. like i'm like i know about saipan and you know like stuff like that so
1: i mean it's tricky and um i found that the rules are uh, can be kind of different or blurred out here because we are so far removed from that scenario Mm. that a lot of indigenous people are in in the united states and in hawaii Not to say that it applies less to us, but I definitely have to be more gracious uh, when it comes to having that conversation and people quote-unquote appropriating our identity or our language or bragging about how much they think they know. Yeah, Mm. it's easy. Actually, having spent so much time in the U.S., especially recently, uh, it's hard not to go there Um, Mm. And when I first moved back, for a little context, I moved back in uh, October of 2020 after being away for 20 years.
0: Wow. I had
1: come back for a couple weeks to visit during that time. But yeah, I was was going to school in Colorado, and then I lived in Hawaii for a few years, then Japan for a few years.
0: Wow. Um,
1: And so coming back out here, I immediately was like, yeah, I, let's make this. Let's stand up and advocate for ourselves as an indigenous queer person.
0: Yeah, yeah. In
1: the way that I would or did in the u- United States,
0: right? Um, oh, so you had this feeling like bringing that whole concept was like. Did you feel like it was kind of new to the people that lived here, or not?
1: Not new, but, but like it is. The whole conversation is immersed in our culture and our society that has been influenced by colonization and militarization for hundreds of years. We were colonized by Spain uh, as early as the 1600s. Then there was a German administration before World War II. And then there was a Japanese administration shortly before the end of World War II. And since then, we've been a commonwealth or territory of Mm -hmm. the United States. And there's so much to un- unpack yeah. about all of that, <laughs> but yeah, coming back here and thinking that we're gonna have this slutty gay party <laughs> for Pride, <laughs> and that we're gonna be out in a parade in asses ch- in chaps, yeah, asses chaps or otherwise known as chaps,
0: <laughs> chaps.
1: You got like another thing coming because mm. um, even members of the gay community will be like oh i don't really want to burn all my bridges at once out here the community is so small yeah that it's so difficult to remain anonymous and have the privacy that comes with that Mm. and especially if you're indigenous chamorro or carolinian oh my god I i bet you're running into people everywhere you go
0: you're like bringing up all these such like fascinating things that i'm like dying to understand because like that's so because in- the whole um anonymous part of you know queer culture is something that obviously arise from you know g- millions of years millions mil- of years of like people um around the world having to hide their queer identity and so you know like it's it is still kind of a big part of it you know in in a lot of parts of the world but when you're on a small island like this and the and the population is so small and everyone knows each other that that aspect of it is like impossible to uphold especially you know like when people are I don't know if this is an assumption but maybe it's not as open to queer culture in these communities or what we're
1: not even this is purely my Perspective and speculation is that we're not even there yet. Mm. Where I came back thinking that we need, I don't know, we need to be more progressive and outward about our sexuality. People here as a culture and a society in general, even in the heterosexual community, don't believe in that. Or they don't think that's appropriate. Or they think it's detrimental to harmonious and productive society. We're not, I feel like we're not yet at the conversation. Sexuality is part of humanity. And certainly fundamental to your identity as a queer person. It's like Mm. about who you do or do not have sex with, I think. And conversations here when I first got back, people are still excited to talk about coming out. Right. And your family acceptance, where, at least in larger communities in the US, certainly urban communities, we're mostly past that, I feel like. Yeah. Um, We're not Mm. like, yeah, you came out. Yeah, you're gay. Okay. I get it <laughs> like we get it. big surprise you know gay um, i'm just kidding <laughs> but here you know like there you, yeah. we can n- now focus on like yeah i'm gay or queer and i'm sexual and i have sex you know yeah yeah and i have sex in this way like i have this fetish you know it's we're at that point or or even mm-hmm, beyond i don't mm-hmm. know i'm i consider myself even still at some level of uh conservative <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much, like, stuff surrounding sex and sexuality. Um, I'm 40, so uh, being from that uh, generation, the 80s, um, I feel like it's an indication of where I'm at with my own self-acceptance as a sexual being. But, yeah, here... This year, the second year that Pride Marianas has been kind of revived since before the pandemic, yeah. we were planning events and we wanted to have, I wanted to have a diversity of events, not just a parade, not just like a club night. Yeah, uh, We wanted to do like educational, like academic events. We had a queer lit book club meeting. And we also coordinated free gym access with this one local fitness center Lottie Mm -hmm. built fitness Mm -hmm. and i wanted to enroll a trainer into leading like a workout on the beach like a hit training
0: yeah
1: and i wanted to call it the beach bussy workout (laughs) something like yes like so gay obviously like (laughs) um you know lgbtq culture yeah so, and full
0: of humor yeah, and lightheartedness. Yeah, yeah yeah, humor, yeah, yeah, you know, pop yeah, yeah. culture. Yeah,
1: and even the response from my circle of friends was like,
0: "Well, you
1: know, we don't want to offend anybody." Yeah, with, yeah. You know, what if their kids don't know what a bussy is? What if their grandma wants to join? I'm like. This is, that is obviously not for your grandma. grandma Your grandma does not know
0: what a pussy is. Let's be honest.
1: Your kid knows what a pussy is.
0: Your grandma knows what a pussy is. Let's be real honest here. Right? Well, that's interesting. Well, okay. So the conservative thing, honestly, I've only been here a day. It's my first time back in 20 years. Not 20 years. It's been 2005. So 2004. Yeah, like 18 years. And I, forgot the conservative nature of it where I feel like where I'm walking around and I'm like I feel like there's something going on with my look that people are like you know what I mean mm-hmm. even just like that feeling and I just caught like I just got here from Korea which is also really conservative mm-hmm. and I was like this feels almost more than Korea where it's just, there's like grandma staring at me but I, that might just be in my head but That is really interesting because like, I don't know, in in the back of my head, all my memories of Saipan were like, this such a free place and, you know, my childhood and stuff like that. And now I'm like, oh, maybe there is like a cultural thing that I wasn't picking up on.
1: The freedom probably comes from anonymity. Mm. And again, my own speculation uh, around people, especially grandmas, like staring at you is probably because... More than anything, they're wondering whose kid you are, like how yeah, they know yeah. you, why they haven't seen you before. You yeah. don't quite look Korean, you know? Yeah. You, I don't know, you might be Chamorro, you know, or or half white. Yeah, so yeah. So
0: they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure it there's out. Probably just not more that than many anything. people here. Yeah. Oh, I do have to say, though, I rented the um, Mustang convertible at the car rental place because it was on sale. It was like the cheapest one. And then I showed up to your place and you're like, oh, it's the Korean tourist car. And I was like, no. So I'm like, oh, now everybody that sees me on the streets, like, here's another Korean tourist.
1: And it was like that for so long. Like only the (laughs) tourists drove the flashy colored Mustangs. Well, they're on
0: sale at the rental car place. Well, you know what's crazy now is that
1: (laughs) since the pandemic, a lot of rental companies went out of business and had to get rid of their the Korean convertibles they're like pastel colored (laughs) convertibles and so now some locals have inherited these pink and baby blue (laughs) convertibles
0: (laughs) I hope that's what they think when they see me in my orange (laughs) convertible they're like oh she got a good deal on that rent a car convertible
1: huh if you're driving up here chances are you're local (laughs) okay
0: by the way I did get really lost on the way over here and i like was in so many people's driveways Mm -hmm. and i was like there were so many dogs i was like someone's gonna shoot me i feel
1: like (laughs) every single person who has had to navigate their way up here gets lost
0: oh good okay (laughs) i'm not the only one no
1: absolutely not they usually make all the same mistakes
0: (laughs) yeah and then you were like no just go down that road and i was like it's over i know and that's
1: why uh, you know prior to that i'm like okay here's the pin but don't follow the gps here's a map and here are some written
0: directions
1: and if anything else just call me
0: and <laughs> you're so and i made all the mistakes i followed the gps it's
1: uh, remarkable yeah it's never enough regardless even people who live here they're like
0: um i'm lost <laughs> you're so over it but <laughs>
1: i mean i kind of like that like that kind of preserves my privacy because yeah. it also preserves like my anonymity right But it is really hard to stay anonymous here for very long.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So you touched on the, you know, the pride Marianas and, but you also were talking about being from the Marianas and like your culture. And then you were coming back here to be like, oh, like we're, we're going to be tomorrow, which is like really interesting because those are like two things. So the one, like your cultural background is like something that nobody in America really knows to this day and it's really interesting i think being even i like having grown up here i'll tell people all the time i'm I'm, like from saipan and they're like i feel like it's one of those the last places on earth even where people have zero idea where that is because you can be like i'm from kazakhstan and Mm -hmm. they're like people have a general idea of where that is or like i'm from guatemala and they're like i don't know exactly where that is but i have a general idea yeah but saipan they're like what? You know what I mean? Did that have something to do with you moving back? Or how much of a role did that play? Or why did you move back, I guess?
1: Yeah, well, after living in Hawaii and Japan, I was, I mean, the experiences there allowed me to, and educating myself there. About I was in Hawaii because my brothers were there and I had just finished my undergrad in classical music in Denver. And um, I was going to go there for, like, a year, and then I ended up staying for, like, three and a half (laughs) and started learning more about the native Hawaiian community and their history of colonization and oppression and um, militarization. And also, like, the Hawaiian language, like, Olelo Hawaii and the hula. I grew up doing hula here for, like, Mm -hmm. Dinner shows, you know, in a time yeah. where that was still like very much the norm, like that was so popular even in Hawaii, you know. And now mm-hmm. it's, um, there's a lot to unpack about that because hula is not oh. traditionally for a luau or, uh,
0: for like white tourists, dinner to, sh- show. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, so you were doing that at like tourist dinner shows, you mean,
1: a luau, which was. R- Started and run by Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. And it's still going on, but it is becoming more and more controversial. Um, because of the Hawaiian, you know, the Native Hawaiian movement, and yeah, because it feels like
0: exploitative. I'm yeah. It is so, what is what and. is hula for traditionally? Like, what is the purpose of that? Prayer,
1: meditation, worship. Oh, they I, dedicate see, I it see. To um things that are sacred, land, special places, family members, people. Um, right. Poetry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's high art, you know. Right. So, yeah. And it's and then wow is also not typically just Hawaiian hula. It's also tahitian ori and dance and and maori haka you know and it's this we're like basically exploiting the entire south pacific in one uh dinner show but it you know it used to be and very much still is like a very popular form of entertainment yeah it's hard not to want to go to a luau in hawaii i was there right I was with my partner Zach in Hawaii the February right before the pandemic lockdown. And even I was like, oh, I really want to take you to a luau. Because like that's what also yeah. what I did. It was like such a strong part of my identity for having danced in the luau in Hawaii yeah. and in Saipan. Mm-hmm. But we didn't go.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> More it's because
1: like, we did other things, but it's probably yeah. best that we didn't.
0: That is so interesting. I'm proud of you for not going to the luau, though.
1: <laughs> um, so anyway... Um, yeah, the bussy thing. Um.
0: Wait, so why did you move to? Sa- what was the re- main reason you moved back? <laughs> bussy. Bu- Just kidding. <laughs> bussy. I wanted to throw a bussy dance party a on the beach, and they won't on let the me. Beach.
1: Finally, um, <laughs> <on> my homeland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wanted to bring bussy beach parties, <laughs> bussy to, to my to homeland. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I'm drinking this Bud Light seltzer. Sponsored by Bud Light Sponsor. seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Saipan Bussy Beach Party 2022. <laughs>
1: I wanted to move back for so many years. Um, oh, learning about culture and my identity through my experiences in Hawaii and Japan. Yeah, yeah, brought me closer to myself, and also coincided with me getting older and more educated and wiser, and right. more in touch with myself in general. Um, So yeah the older I got the more experiences I had under my belt especially with indigenous cultures kind of like ignited a growing yearning for me to be back here and be a part an active part of my own culture here especially like dancing out in Hawaii and learning and speaking Hawaiian you know and like doing all those things and I was like there was like a hint of guilt that was always I was like I should be doing this on Saipan you know. Um, so anyway, what allowed me to do that in 2020 was essentially the, well, the coincidence of the pandemic bringing me into like a remote role at my work. And then the last family who was renting here moving out and we didn't have another renter lined up. Um, nobody was out oh. here because of the pandemic. And so the house was like vacant. This house that we'd grown up in as a kid. My yeah. my parents like uh, had this house built and me and my siblings got together and we were like, well, what are we going to do? And so I was like, I will go out there and work remotely for, you know, like two to six months and see if I can get enough work done on the house, maintaining it and kind of fixing what it, it need, what needs to be fixed. Honestly, in the back of my mind, I think I already had decided that I wanted to move out here for the long term. Mm. And so Zach and I, my partner, uh, came out here in October of 2020.
0: So can I ask you, I think that you're t- sort of touching on this, like how does it feel being back? Like I feel like you went out, you know, you you were living in other places for 20 years and then you were saying you were coming across all these discoveries and learning and obviously just growing up and growing older in 20 years and then coming back, What what was it like?
1: It was like a honeymoon with this place first when I first moved back and reconnecting with everybody familiar to me from family to friends. um, A lot of people in my generation have moved back and like from recently to like from several years ago, some people haven't left or some people left for a short time to go to higher education. Um, So there was plenty to like get me back on ground here, I guess. But at the same time, I wasn't involved in any community projects or, and I wasn't working a job here locally. And so my life was like, my job was um private from society here. Like I didn't, didn't I didn't work with anybody here and um, you know it was easy for people to not know or be a part of my business and so my interactions with my family and friends here were like I chose them and they were for pleasure no business you know and so you know naturally that's very comfortable the point at which it started getting less comfortable not in a bad way but in like a productive way was when I started investing myself in the community in these ways that meant something to me, like being the chair of Pride Marianas and being involved in this movement here and kind of helping the family more with uh, things that they wanted to be a part of and do, attending family events, and just little by little reconnecting and getting to know more and more of my family.
0: I think I remember when you moved, because that's like the same time... Because we, I guess we didn't even mention this, but we know each other because your sister was yes. my classmate. Yeah. Yes.
1: And your and so sister, you moved was, my sister was my
0: classmate. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And so I remember, oh my God, can I tell you my oldest memory of you? It was like, I have a very old memory of you when I literally was like in the second or mm. third grade and you were playing jump rope with us, with yes. the girls. Yes. And I was the like-
1: Korean girls probably, they were the all probably Korean. World.
0: Probably the Korean girls. Because <laughs> if, if there's one thing gay men love, it's Korean and girls. Jump rope. I'm just kidding. And jump rope. I don't know. Yeah, the <laughs> Korean girls are just in your way. They're like, you're like, get out of the way. It's my turn. I, get out of the way. These stupid Korean girls are always here playing jump. Um, and I remember thinking, because I, I think I had just moved here from Korea, basically. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, there's, like, a boy playing with us. And, you know, because, like, I had never noticed. I wasn't, like a homophobic bitch i wasn't like get out of the way boy uh, yeah (laughs) what if i was i've i repressed that memory yeah (laughs) i've I've beaten down a lot of my homophobia i was like go away you're a boy no i I just remember thinking like oh my god there's like a boy here and he's like he's like good and i just remember noting that and it must have been like very profound for me because I still remember it. Yeah,
1: I was um inherently adept at jump rope and the rubber bands probably because I was you're great like, at it. forced to be an athlete by my father and brothers.
0: <laughs> oh, were you? Well, cuz your entire family, yeah, my whole family you're all family are athletes, athletes, huh? My
1: mom's like was did the triathlon, she swam, hiked, cycled and then yeah, my dad played baseball, basketball, whatever. Classic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I found community as a young elementary school aged child Age in the child. Korean with the girls. Korean girls. <laughs> Seriously, every <laughs> recess, more I often did than not. not. I was, yeah. with, my I was with my Korean classmates. You're, and obviously you're. <sighs> oh, sister. were
0: you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I was just we kind of played, joking, like, but because i sure as hell did not because i feel like that was like my queer identity because i was just like a ever oh the korean girls are so straight no offense but they're so fucking straight like the korean yeah. church girls yeah. oh i'm and familiar I like grace the, oh, this <laughs> grace kim she's a bitch and then and they i remember they would always make fun of me because they'd be like oh you like you're like a boy and i was just like that doesn't offend me. Like, I find something else. to yeah. pick, You know what I mean? Like, that that was this one. And I remember they would always be, like, putting my hands up with their hands. I'd be like, you have boy hands. They are
1: astute observers of, like, gender roles. They They made are. similar observations about me. And, I mean, of course, they were like, you're like a girl. And oh,
0: my God. They yeah. went there.
1: And, I mean, I'm and, uh, so young. I'm like... I don't even know how to react to that i'm like so anyway
0: yeah but, that's yeah, so yeah, funny they love it. heteronormativity koreans love i have to say though, when you were talking about how people here are responding to like queer culture and them being like oh we shouldn't be so like out and open that's how it is in korea like i forgot that part you know because i just went there for the first time in over three years and I was like oh dude I forgot like you can't even be like "We're gay like you have to be super well, see, secretive. I don't
1: think it's because they don't want you to be gay they don't want you to be sexual and they they haven't yet ah, they haven't yet connected yeah, yeah, that yeah. Your sexuality is part of you being gay they're like yeah I got your back you let me know if anybody bullies you and then I'm like well what if they're bullying me because I'm like being Sexual with my partner, like we're groping each other, and somebody sees it, or I don't. I'm trying to think of a a scenario that would be likely. Like we're not out there, like having sex in public. But I mean, what if I'm I'm naked at a beach, which honestly happens a lot because there are so many beaches here you can be absolutely alone at,
0: and they're so private. But
1: what if like a kid walks down there and you're naked, Mm. like they, and there's still also this community is still associating pedophilia with oh, yikes. homosexuality. Yeah. And it like came up in a radio interview
0: recently. and
1: we Wait, were that like, you were on? No, but a friend of mine was on it. Oh, my God. He, I mean, he's really good at hand- handling things very gracefully. But, I mean, I kind of wish he would have been like, angrier you know yeah gotten out the statistics and been like you know what i see here i see all of these per- perpetrators are men of course <laughs> yeah know? or like
0: straight Not men. gay or straight oh yeah <laughs> anyway
1: but yeah they're like they they are ready to stand up for you because they're connected to their friends and family there are lots of gay people here oh, that I they are related to or yeah. friends with yeah but we're still like hiding our sexuality I so see. they don't really know that that's a part of it and so it's, it becomes a matter of that's like so well are you gonna still stick up for me when the sexual thing that i'm doing is embarrassing to you or you think it's like against your yeah. religion, or whatever
0: i totally see what you're saying you, you know? know what that makes so much yeah. sense so we need to bring yeah. it to
1: that point and that was my that was behind the whole beach bussy workout exactly i'm like
0: <laughs> put it out there we need to
1: it's just the workout
0: Put your actual bussy out there. Yeah. (laughs) No, 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 that is... (laughs) I'm so glad you said this because I'm, like, realizing that that's actually, I think, a big part of the reason why Koreans are seen as, quote, unquote, homophobic because they're, like... And I think a lot of people that are straight, like, have this idea that... Homophobic people. um, Gay people are, like too sexual or something like that you know what i mean like more sexual yeah yeah or like you can't talk to them without (laughs) talking about the sex part and people are like very conservative about that yeah yeah that's so interesting and i think that's like the issue because they don't even want to think about sex about like heterosexual people like they're so like well uh,
1: there's I don't know, men. It's like also a patriarchy thing. Like men are given that cisgender, heteronormative men are given that um, space to be sexual and vulgar. Yeah. If it and and if anything displeases them or makes them uncomfortable, whether it's sexual or not um that's where like people tend to draw the line and they're like well you can't you're not allowed to do that only me and we already know this right
0: yes (laughs) yes 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 yeah it's it's like oh like it's like you know how i remember like in the in the aughts there was such a huge i'm sure it's still like this like a trend for men to watch, like, quote-unquote lesbian porn. And it was two, like, straight blonde women with fake boobs or something. Right, right. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, like, that's fine. But, like, not actual real, like, lesbians or gay people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, if we like it, all of a sudden, it's societally acceptable, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, and you know what I found about the, bus- the whole bussy journey that it turned into, um, we never... We ended up, like, just taking it off the calendar. Yeah. But it the word bussy came up in conversation so much during Pride Month, in our discussion, and in our jokes that we made about it, and in our, like, whining about, you know, all this policy and stuff, that by the end of Pride, like, we might as well have proceeded with the event because we got so comfortable saying that word oh my god and it ended up we ended up saying it at other events because it was like trending
0: that's so funny (laughs) so
1: and honestly this pride has been like there's there have never been more pride events in the mariana islands which is monumental also we've come so far because we had this conversation on a panel. Mm -hmm. That was actually like in partnership with the Humanities Council Mm. where we talked about the language that we use in Chamorro and Carolinian about pride, like ideas that are um, LGBTQIA+. Is there a word for gay or lesbian that we say in Chamorro or Carolinian already? Mm. And is is it like from Spanish influence or is there like an an originally Chamorro word? You know, things like that. And That's so interesting. Yeah, and, and what so, did you find out? Well, I I found out that there are a lot of people willing to talk about stuff like that, but I found out also that in Pride events in the past as recent as like two thousand and fifteen or sixteen mm-hmm. maybe even more recent, there were people like outside of the venue slashing tires and throwing oh, rocks and well, there always
0: there's always going to be those people
1: yeah, yeah, and you know what even the Korean um, girls on our social media' I'm just kidding not our social media, but on like the Guam posts or it 's a Guam public like a daily publication a newspaper. Yeah. It, it, there was this story about a pride event and this user made this um, really negative, like homophobic comment. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe we are still seeing this in the Mariana's because that's also part of the rhetoric here. It's like, no, we're f- so friendly and open. There is that aspect of it where it's like, yeah, yeah no, you're not. we're not as friendly and open and safe as we think like all it takes is one fool to go in there and be like shut it down you you know you know like i am i had to kind of mitigate my fury yeah from the beginning when i first moved back here and i guess just be more strategic about where when and with who it I um shared it, you know, right. I would like to believe that there are um people in the community out there who are as furious mm-hmm. and um, I don't know passionate about it as I am. there have to be, of course, but yeah I feel sometimes I feel alone, sometimes I feel. Frustrated with the lack of initiative that I mean, I, mean, I feel like um ur- the lack of urgency because mm-hmm. I definitely came into this and I was like, No, we need this now. Like, yeah, yeah, dying at you know uh, higher rates and we're killing ourselves, you know. Yeah, so yeah, that's been my journey.
0: <laughs> well, I think I know what you mean by like the rage and the passion that you feel because a lot of times I feel like that, like, I'm just so upset about all, you know, other things that happened in my life. And it does some t- a lot of times feel like I am alone because then I realized a lot of people do feel the same way, but they are not in the same place where they have the freedom to openly express it. Mm. And then I think, you know, just doing, even this work where I talk about, about just like being like an Asian woman and all this stuff, then people will contact me. Mm. And I think, um... You know, in terms of you feeling like you're alone, I know 1000% that there are people that are like seeing you and your work and they probably don't feel the same amount of like safety in being as outspoken and they're just seeing that you're there doing Mm. what you do and I'm sure that that like means a lot. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I totally appreciate that because I am like a huge guy. As like a cisgender, <laughs> you know, fairly mask, um, white passing,
0: yes, man, you yep, know? And yeah, yeah.
1: So I do appreciate that I am given much more space to be angry and sh- express my anger and frustration. Yeah, and and to be out there louder than other people uh, feel comfortable being. So yes. I do. I have gotten also. That's been a growing factor too. I'm like trying to be better about not holding people to that expectation i'm like yeah. i'm out here you know yelling at people and you know confronting the patriarchy why aren't you <laughs>
0: it's like yeah yeah it's like you're yelling at. it's like sorry I, I keep trying to bring the the korean girls into this like an 80 pound <laughs> korean woman now <laughs> um well so uh, that that brings another thing because you said white passing you're biracial mm-hmm. as am i and i feel like the conversation, the reason why I'm like, so I feel like I like what you said, it's like a, been a journey for me to recognize like my privilege of being, you know, biracial and, you know, speaking in English without an accent and in these ways that other Asian women can. not And I, I really think it's important for people to use people that are like in the in between identities like you and I. To use the privileges afforded to them to help the other people in their communities that don't have that, do mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it's really important that you recognize that.
1: Yeah, there, and it's. I think it's definitely a double edged sword too. because yes. um, Yeah. Yeah. There are. You are also seen like differently. Yes. Um. And Not you're, as uh, an yeah. outsider,
0: always kind of right? Do you yeah, feel that way? Or? yeah yes depending right. on the context yeah and they're
1: constantly like adjusting their expectations and their how they read me with the amount of knowledge that they have Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: they're like oh you're from saipan oh you're chamorro oh you're also carolinian you know like yeah um and there's so much more to it than that because like this community is so small so um yeah there's not just like six degrees there's like six million degrees yeah of, yeah. of like connection
0: Wait, um, I didn't know you're also a Carolinian.
1: Yeah, and I knew that growing up, but it was not impressed as much upon me. We identified more with my with the traditions of my Tremoral family. Yeah. The Car- my Carolinian family and Carolinian people have there's a lot of overlap or um there are a lot of traditions that we share yeah. that are the same. But Yeah, I did not learn as many of the traditions that are unique to being Carolinian. Yeah. And I have grown closer and learned more about my Carolinian heritage and identity since I've been back then I ever did growing up here.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, it is great. I really... Mm. That's been a wonderful journey too. And of course, being a dancer, like I'm learning the dances that I used to watch the, the Carolinian community do growing up. And I'm so moved that i am i guess one of my big fears coming back was that they'd i'd be like dispossessed and be like and i'd get this reaction like who do you think you are like you are you're not tomorrow enough or currently enough to Uh like identify as that and it has been totally the opposite like my people my family and my friends are constantly reminding me and making sure that i I identify with mm. my Carolinian and Chamorro heritage. That's so amazing. Just for them, yeah, it's been so, it's been a huge relief. Yeah. Um, I bet
0: that acceptance yeah, is crazy. so, I feel like a lot of um, biracial people have that fear. And I think a lot of them will understand what you're meaning. I feel like for me, it's like a deep, like existential fear that I have that, like, the people in my, like, group are gonna reject me and i feel like there are people that are korean obviously and white that like do reject me Mm -hmm. even in ways that are very subtle and it really there's like this underlying fear that i always have about that so i think people understand that but um can you actually just for the listeners that might not know about Carolinians and Chamorros like can you just like give them a brief I know the Carolinians are people from the Caroline Islands Mm -hmm. and they're extremely well known as great navigators of the sea they're like exceptional at that and yeah maybe just like a little bit about Carolinians and Chamorros
1: yeah they're the two indigenous islanders of the Mariana Islands and Yes, the Carolinians, they're called okay. Carolinians because they're from the Caroline Islands, which is obviously their like colonizer name. Um it's, their it's white this name. group, yeah, this yeah. region in Micronesia um, uh, and they all each of these islands has their own like name, their indigenous <laughs> names. Yeah. And there is a name for every single island in those groups. That's so amazing. this includes like Palau and Yap and um Chuk mm-hmm. and Kosrae. Um, And there's like thousands of these little tiny islands. And because of our tradition and the Chamorro um, people are from the Mariana Islands, just Mm -hmm. like Palauans are from Palau and, you know, Chukis are from Chuk. And there's a strong maritime tradition traveling between the islands because they're so small and spread apart. You have to travel by sea to find more resources or more land or more people um to you know secure your your own people and your lifestyle so the chamoros even share that um maritime tradition it is of course it has been historically better preserved in the um the caroline islands right the uh, western pacific and there's been a renaissance actually um and there's a like there are classes here where you can learn to sail a traditional canoe and wow. learn to navigate by the stars and, and do all of that and yes. fish in different ways. Um, 500 Sails is the name of the organization. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> I want to sign up.
1: Yeah, people have like sailed across the ocean to like <gasps> be part of it too. Wow. So anyway, historically, um, because of all of the periods of colonization from Spain and Germany, our, our peoples were moved around by them
0: mm. uh,
1: for one reason or another. And so there was a period in time where Saipan was vacant and the <gasps> Carolinians just wow. you know, naturally um sailed to these islands and populated it, you know. And I didn't so know that, yeah. They became part of this island's indigenous people as well. And then the Chamorros were replaced in the Morion Islands. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that. And
1: that's another conversation because there there are Chamorro people who feel like there is there the Chamorro people are the only indigenous people to the Marianas mm. because the Carolinians can trace their heritage to other islands. That's not me because I'm I mean we if you're Carolinian and your family migrated here, I mean this is your home, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, and there's so many problems to unpack with the the name Carolinian and right. uh, all the the terminology, right? It's an ongoing conversation. It's a complex one, and it comes up, but not with the same fury that any of like the issues I've seen in the States are addressed. Mm. I feel, I mean, this might be, in my experience, like the conversations unfold more slowly here. It's, it's just a more relaxed timeline, I guess.
0: Why do you, f- so yeah, this is something that you brought up, I guess, like twice now with the, you know, how you're feeling about what you saw in Hawaii and like what you learned in Japan about this like pushing back uh, and like really like talking about colonization yeah why do you feel like that's just like not People aren't as passionate, or I guess um, about talking about that. It might
1: not be that they're not as passionate. It's they not. might be um, tempering their own fury and passion right, right. against their love for their religion or their love for yeah. their family. Right. Um, you know, image is also still kind of everything here.
0: Religion is such a big factor Religion's when you, th- so, yeah
1: huge yeah that's been really hard for Mm me Mm -hmm. um because i'm not religious anymore i grew up catholic here just like a lot of people Mm -hmm. um and i stayed catholic uh especially being a classical musician like playing i used to go to church like if not to attend to at least play music for the church like every weekend um and it took a long time for me to just uh really think critically about it
0: yeah it's it's super hard to shake i feel like i i know people that are like even like that are like anti like colonization and you know like they're very up to date on all the history and how that was bad and they will still the last thing that they can give up is white religion you know Mm -hmm. and i'm not obviously going to judge anybody on that because that's that's hard that's like super hard
1: yeah, it's, uh, but it's fascinating. Yeah, it's ingrained. It's uh, traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, you're conditioned for it to be such a huge part of your identity. Um, I yeah. don't fault people for being religious. Like, Me neither. I'm sure yeah. it serves so many people. But yeah, it is frustrating often because yeah. um, I'm constantly having this conversation and it's always explosive with my friends. And I'm like, You're constantly being rejected by this community. I don't know why. You know, like, can you just put it in terms of, like, a relationship? Like, if you were in a relationship with a person who was constantly telling you what's wrong with you and that you need to change, like, dude. (laughs) But... Having said that, there are a lot of people who thrive on that kind of <laughs> yeah like scenario exactly. <laughs> like, oh please tell me I'm never good enough and how I should change for you. I love it,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also identify with that feeling a lot. So (laughs) I find it in other ways. I find it in actual relationships instead of religion. Who doesn't, who's not texting me back? Well, I'm in love with you now. (laughs) I totally get that. Well, did you, did you want, do you have a sad story that you want to talk about? You you don't have to have one because I was like more fascinated by you.
1: You know, I do have a lot of sad stories. You know, what's really sad though, is I also have a lot of stories about like, where I've, like, taken advantage of systems or other people, like, abusing my privilege. And I feel like I don't get to talk about sad, my own sad stories because mm. of them. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and tell
0: No, you. I, I think wait, we should definitely talk about that feeling <laughs> first. Because I feel like I'm a big believer in the fact that people... Are, are not like good and bad we all just do bad and good things Mm. and i just feel like whenever somebody says something like what you just said like oh i've i've done bad things Mm. so i don't deserve to talk about me being the victim of bad things i think that that's like so fascinating for me because i feel like that is a mark that you're kind of like a good person that Uh, you recognize that
1: well i love that i love that approach i'm still unpacking it for myself
0: Cause everyone does bad stuff. Like I've, I hurt people all the time, even obviously I'm not trying to, but like, and I always think about this, like, you know, when you're in public and somebody like bumps into you and you get really mad and you're like, I don't know if that person even noticed. Mm -hmm. And like, I always wonder like how many times I've done that to somebody, you know, and somebody out there is like that bitch with pink hair like bumped into me and she didn't even apologize. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, I obsess over things <laughs> like that at night when I should be sleeping. <laughs> but yeah, I've got a, one story. Yeah. Growing up in this very house, actually, I used to, like we, nobody had cell phones, so it was like a landline and mm-hmm. I would like answer the phone ringing one afternoon um, and it would be this... um a male who was like older than me pr- sounded like an adult and he would just say lewd sexual stuff to me over the phone. And this didn't happen just once. It was like repeatedly like all the time. And I feel like in retrospect, I mean as a kid I had no idea what to do except just hang up. I didn't think to like tell my parents. I was scared probably to tell my dad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, yeah, I didn't know where to even – I didn't even know to talk about it to anyone at all, including my friends. So I, it just, like, kept it a secret until I, you know, finally – I mean, I shared it with somebody in my adulthood um, because it just blows my mind. I'm like, what? And, yeah, it happened over and over again. And I, I don't know – obviously i like i was uh, just scared and it fucked me up um definitely fucked me up sexually and i had so much guilt about being sexual because it my that experience that sexual experience was so negative um so Yeah, and I still I'm still dealing with, you know, shit around that. And it's not the only aspect of what fucked me up sexually either, but it was a repeated experience that caused trauma and um Yeah. And it was only
0: to you at this home, or was it
1: I haven't heard it from any of my other siblings or anybody else. So so. the And I don't even think it was one person who was calling.
0: So okay, so this is my assumption is that the person or people that were calling knew who you were and they were specifically targeting you yeah, and if they got somebody else they probably hung up mm-hmm. and it was I'm assuming it's because they were assuming that you were either gay or yeah. something like that and it was like an older adult yeah it's a reasonable adults. very reasonable
1: read and, yeah. and in addition to that information um, they would obviously ask is your dad home Probably mm. before anything else. Because um, then I would either hand the phone to my dad.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then
1: they couldn't do that.
0: Mm-hmm. But they
1: could probably talk to my dad. So that's probably, that probably means that they knew my dad. But yeah, oh, I have thought, yeah, they wow. obviously knew who I was and that I was like an effeminate kid and that, that I was vulnerable. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, hard to be really mad about it now because I can look that probably shows up in them because of their own sexual repression.
0: No, that's like, no. Yeah. But they haven't
1: had, they didn't grow up with the freedom or encouragement to be educated about their own sexuality and to explore it in safe ways that are consensual And so the only, the way it manifested was in them just doing these crazy, traumatic things to, like, that they couldn't even control to people that they saw as completely vulnerable. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man, why would you... Get off the phone, can you imagine? Getting on the phone with a kid and just being like
0: No hey, uh, <laughs> It's That's so, so traumatizing. I mean it's it's abusive. It's definitely yeah, abuse it's, it's abuse so for sure. I think that like I, uh, mean, I mean it
1: could and this is me like rationalizing. It could be worse uh, it wasn't the worst thing that any kid has gone through.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're uh, saying I hear a lot of you being very generous to these people and like rationalizing and understanding, but Yeah. Like if you really think about it, that's like so beyond the scope of behavior that obviously you or I would do. And it's just like so damaging. And I think what you said that really scares me or scared me when you were saying it was that they would ask for your dad. So it was somebody that he knew, you know,
1: Yeah. uh, That's terrifying. Yeah. And then, like, when they, you know, when you tell them that there isn't an adult home, at least not one that they're afraid of, like, that's their cue, I guess.
0: And they knew, they recognized your voice because they wouldn't do it to your other siblings.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because as an effeminate little kid, I was like, hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's. That's so sad. They ask his
0: colleague. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad though. It that is funny, but it's like <laughs> yeah. that's um, that's terrifying. Yeah, but though. I mean
1: that's also that also kind of fits with um, the culture of I was gonna say that here, I was gonna definitely which say is, that has very much its root in religion. Um, because they also like taught you in the Catholic Church to like be you know you can masturbate or you're going to hell. So every time you masturbate, inevitably as a little boy, you are tearing yourself apart for the next thirty minutes after you come.
0: Dude, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I know that like it, this isn't just here in this society, but Catholicism really does a number. Really fucking does a number on people. Can you imagine feeling? Like, I mean, I'm sure because that, that's probably how you felt growing up Catholic. Just mm. like every time you masturbate, feeling like you're going to die in hell or whatever. That's like, yeah. that's damaging.
1: Yeah, it's so peculiar. The more that you know about it and the more that you like take it apart and to get to know the details, like the more absurd it becomes. It's it's, like, uh, yeah. But I can see how we so readily embraced it. Like Pacific cultures like islands in the pacific often um they are our own indigenous religions like we there are a lot of idols uh, there are a lot of you know figurines and statuettes and like things that we carve out of you know wood to like uh represent an, an entity you know mm-hmm. a god or a deity or what and uh, we love to pray we love our chants and our songs and our dedu- our dances dedicated to you know, the spiritual realm and yeah. to, you know. And so Catholicism like really lends itself or any religion like with those things. Yeah. Like, you can really, um you can easily, I can imagine how you could easily convince somebody to line. like kind of just shift your, the terminology and all of a sudden you're Catholic. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yep. And the patriarchy, which a lot of cultures, you know, love. I mean, I don't know the history of like, Tomorrow's and Carolinians um but I mean I think that the patriarchy is a huge reason why so many Koreans are Christian you know they, that was already so well established in their society for mm-hmm. thousands of years before yeah. Christianity came so it makes sense but it's still like I can't imagine and it does but I like I don't know I want to say that it was really interesting for me hearing you tell your sad story because I feel like it was like enveloped in this like well i'm a bad person and that person's not that bad and they we shouldn't we should feel bad (laughs) because they were probably religious but and it's just like the fact of the matter is that you're a child and you were you didn't deserve that and this was an adult and Mm. i'm sure that they had religious trauma and sexual repression trauma but like that doesn't mean that that's okay Mm. that's still fucked up
1: yeah absolutely that's
0: fucking fucked up yeah you know and the and i think what like i said what scares me is that they knew your dad they knew your voice um, Because it was gay. I'm <laughs> gayer. It was like in the beginning of the podcast where I was like, gayer. And you're like, I don't want to. I don't want people I to can't do it anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't say weird things to me on the phone.
1: You've got to bring me back to that day on the phone.
0: <laughs> yeah. What if, like, after that, like, what do you sound like on the phone now? Are you like, hello? This is Roberto Santos.
1: <laughs> My dad's home. Yeah. <laughs> for your information <laughs> he's standing right behind me and he's gonna beat you up
0: <laughs> ah, oh <my. laughs> um,
1: now that we got that out of the way can I help you? <laughs> and you are <laughs> uh,
0: no it's amazing if you know if anything we should be proud that after all of that you still sound gay on the phone <laughs> 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 you're like i'm not it's gonna change who really i am full circle
1: yeah i had to work through a lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i and korean women can still tell that my hands are really big over the phone they're like I hello oh. i can tell your hands are really big <laughs> <laughs> i you miss my you...
1: korean women friends
0: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you'd be such a hit in korea it's just
1: well i can't wait to go because um man zach my partner has never been to oh, you should asia go. oh really um and yeah, the last time I was in Korea, I was a kid. Oh, so how I would old are love you? To go as an adult, man. You went for the jump like rope Korean championship <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, selected the for the <laughs> jump <special> rope elite <laughs> competition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you should go. You should definitely go.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to. Um, keep me posted. But I found that like so many of my classmates who are Korean here. Had to move back or wanted to move back or for some reason or or another or back in Korea. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's nice.
1: I had no idea you did not spend your entire, that you weren't born here. Yeah. For like all I knew, I thought you were from Saipan.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's new to me that like when I first heard you talking about Saipan and your identity as a Korean, I learned, I mean, I learned that you didn't identify as somebody from Saipan or do you
0: well i okay so here's the thing this is oh, i'm glad that you brought this up actually so he, when i moved away from saipan i was 16 and i moved back to korea for a few years and i was like in my head i was like i am fucking from saipan like i'm a saipan person nice. right because i was like my entire life six to 16 that's your entire yeah. life <laughs> and then when i live in korea i was still like well, yeah i am korean and i like because i'm fluent in korean i like pop back into this like being a Korean person life. But then shortly after that, I moved to the States. And then like, this is what kept happening. People were like, Oh, what are you? Why do you speak English? And I'm like, well, I'm Korean and I'm I'm white and I grew up on Saipan. And then they were like something about like, that was like too many facts for like white American people to like have to like understand about me. So I had to keep reducing the story. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like I, had I to like know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you do. Right. And then it's just like, and so I needed like this like elevator elevator pitch. Like, what are you? Who are you? That's it. I don't want to know. I don't want to learn, you know, like, yeah. and so then it just became me being like, well, I'm half Korean and I was born in Korea and You know, like, yeah. And I don't know. Right.
1: Yeah. No, there's definitely like a hierarchy because when I was living in the States, I'd be like, I mean, there's a certain kind of person where when I was living in Colorado, I'd just be like, I'm from Colorado. Yeah. And of course, they're like, oh, really? You were born here? And I was like, well, I was born in Hawaii. And they're like, oh, really? Where in Hawaii. And I'm like, Guam. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <And they're laughs> that's like, so funny
1: wait where on Guam? Saipan
0: <laughs> that's so and funny just, like,
1: I don't volunteer that information unless I'm like really invested in you sticking around and getting to know each other because I'm like oh I God. don't want to give you the whole where is Saipan speech um, if we're only going to be if I'm just if, standing in line waiting for a drink
0: exactly <laughs> exactly that's exactly what happened to me uh, you know we were talking about the culture being like sort of conservative here or whatever, but there it, it is true that I think people here are very accepting and open. And I think if I was to be more like, yeah, I'm from Saipan, I'm Korean, but I'm like from Saipan, I don't think anybody would really be, you know, I'm I'm sure that one guy that left that mean homophobic message would be like, no, you're not. (laughs) But like, yeah, it's like, it's this whole whole thing of like identity and belonging, I think.
1: Well, and what I, I mean, I have to have that conversation with myself in my head because I hate, like part of the fear is not that I'm going to be completely unprepared for when somebody does express that I'm not enough of something for them. Like Mm -hmm. I'm Chamorro, whether you like it or not, like it doesn't matter how little of the language I speak or whether I know how to cook Chamorro food. Like this, I'm part of the diaspora and guess what, I'm here. And I really love being back and I love it, you know, it. I am achieving what I, part of what I came back to do is right. to reconnect with that Busy, identity. Bussy Beach yeah, Borko. To know um, <laughs> Sorry. more about myself.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: and it's happening. And I'm so glad that there are resources and people in the community that are here for me that yeah. are also encouraging me to do that. And for my partner, his support, he, he's, he is, um, part native American. He mm-hmm. grew up in Wisconsin. Um, definitely white passing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he comes off as like just the white guy, you know, nobody would typically nobody looks at him and thinks he's anything else, but, him making that decision to come out here with me and allowing me this time to be here yeah and for it to be mostly about me and my identity that is it means so much to me and i've i've also expressed this to him but if he ever wanted to go back to where he came from or anywhere in particular in order to discover more about himself i um, not only do I owe it to him to to support him in that I want to, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's really, um, he has learned so much. Like in the couple years that he's been here with me, like he's learned um, a lot of Chamorro. Oh, and-
0: that's so great. Yeah, that is like such a great sacrifice. I remember when I was talking to you and I heard that you moved back and I found out that you came with your partner. I was like, that for me would make it so much nicer I feel like you know even though we're, we both grew up here mm. I would feel a certain level of loneliness kind of yeah. or not loneliness but maybe alienation until you know it would take me some a while but all I think all
1: varieties of loneliness I think and I think there's more than one you know
0: Um, yeah but having like a supportive loving partner I think that that would make it so much easier for me and then I felt when I heard that I felt like really happy for you I was like oh that sounds so awesome anyway I think that you know we're like we've gone a long time and I feel like we should probably probably wrap it up, but um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. This is such an excellent conversation. I'm so excited that we got to talk about Saipan, and, you know, I'm sure that most people that listen to this, probably this will be the first time that they've really heard anything in depth. About Saipan, you know, besides what I've said on the podcast, but I know for a fact, like I said, that there are people out there listening to this that are, you know, that live here in the Marianas, and they're probably aware of your work, and it's probably very inspiring to hear you openly talk about this, and you know, especially openly talking about the bussy, because like they're probably really inspired to
1: to talk about bussy with anyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, happy to
1: answer any questions. Yeah, (laughs) regarding the bussy,
0: anyone really. Um, and I'm sure it's like, you know, like what you said, like you were saying it felt really alone to be outspoken, but you know, I'm sure that they feel the same way in a lot of ways and it's probably so helpful to hear you. So thank you so much.
1: I am so honored to be a part of this. I love feeling Asian. I love the new hairy butthole. Thank you. Um, and yeah, it's so good to see you back on the island. Oh my gosh. It's so nice to watch you reconnect.
0: Um, Well,
1: shout out to Brian. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Brian, Brian our friend Brian's back in New York City doing his auditions. When <laughs> is
1: Brian coming out to Saipan? Let's sing <gasps> Next, karaoke.
0: <laughs> should we do it? Should we do feeling Asian in Asia and Saipan? Oh my god! Yeah,
1: get closer and closer to Asia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, where can our listeners find you on social media?
1: Um, you can find me at Kahia Seven K A H E A number seven. Um, actually, I have a weaving page where i make the marmars it's a traditional way called somewhere in the remote pacific all one word and i think yeah
0: awesome and then where can they find out more information about pride marianas
1: um we are (laughs) gosh pride marianas on facebook okay and on instagram as well i believe or yeah
0: awesome okay well
1: look out send me your links for pacifica queer pacifica (gasps) resources i'm open to that
0: yes that's so exciting um and then also you can find this podcast on instagram Harry butthole podcast I have a patreon that I, s- I feel so bad every week I'm like please donate for and then I just don't do anything I like never have I haven't posted in months so don't maybe just don't donate it's, it's fine now <laughs> it's, it's over if you if for some if for some fucking reason if you want to you can but don't <laughs> um and thank you for listening and I'll see you next week bye, bye.